This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. What is going on, good people? Happy Monday, November 2nd, and welcome back to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It is your host of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. This is your first time checking out the content. I appreciate you. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. You can find the show everywhere that podcasts are available as well as on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. This podcast is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, so make sure you check out the DDP over there on DLF. But let's talk about Saturday, college football week nine is in the books. We've had nine weeks of college football. All of these teams have not played nine games. We know that this season has been crazy. This is some teams, the Big Ten, their second week. Some of them didn't even get a game because of COVID outbreaks. So we are just rolling with the punches, but things are starting to become a little bit clearer. You know, good players are really starting to separate themselves from not so good players. And then the blue chip, outstanding, great players are really starting to put on a show. And it's a fun ride. It is is fun. And I just have to tell you, Justin Fields is... He's so good, folks. We saw Ohio State take down Penn State, and Justin Fields was spectacular once again, 28 for 34, 318 and four. There is no quarterback two in the 2021 upcoming draft. There isn't. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's Justin Fields. It's Justin Fields. It's Trevor Lawrence. Pick your flavor. Both of these guys for quarterback needy teams. If we're talking about the New York Jets, if we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, potentially even the New York Giants, even though I don't think they'd go in that direction. I think Daniel Jones gets one more shot at the starting job, you know, one more season, but these guys should come off of the board one, two. Fields is just outstanding. I don't know if it's his new plant-based diet that he's on, but his command of the offense, how comfortable he looks throwing from the pocket, the accuracy, the touch, 
I mean, he's only got a handful of incompletions on the season, and a couple of those incompletions were just flat-out drop passes by wide receivers. So Justin Fields, have to start out by talking about him. Those of us who have him in Debbie Leagues should be very excited about his potential in the future. As high as I've talked about Trevor Lawrence coming in and being a top-eight dynasty quarterback, Justin Fields is right there as well. He's got to be considered one of those players who has immediate top-ten upside at the position in dynasty And, you know, when we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, he did not play, but the young, highly touted freshman, DJU, stepped in for Trevor Lawrence. And not only did he step in, he brought them back from 18 down. It was like the largest deficit that Clemson's had to overcome in quite some time. Brought them back, was 30 for 41, 342, and two TDs. Looked outstanding, had a phenomenal touchdown run. He is going to be so good in the future. I heard a lot of people, a lot of announcers talking about that DJU reminds them of Dante Culpepper, and I could not think of a better comp for this player. And let's not forget when Dante Culpepper was getting his roll on with Randy Moss, he was absolutely outstanding for the Minnesota Vikings. So if that's the type of ceiling we're talking about for DJU, that is that is high esteem and high regard company for the young signal caller. He looked really good in his first game. Looked like a freshman at times, but the talent is definitely there. But the star of this game was Travis Etienne, who set the ACC all-time rushing record in this game. Seven receptions, 140 yards and a TD. 20 carries, 84 yards, also scored a touchdown or 17-yard run untouched up the gut. But Etienne, it's just amazing to watch the transformation of a player who said that he was a little bit nervous catching the ball coming into last season, who now just looks like a true three-down threat, somebody that can be deployed in the receiving game at the next level. And to watch his growth and development has been nothing short of phenomenal. ETN, Najee Harris, those two guys are a clear cut above the rest when you're talking about 2021 eligible prospects. And I dive into both of those players on the latest episode of the Future Cast Show on the Roto Underworld Radio program. So check that out, uh, talking about strictly incoming guys in 2021 and 2022. And when we're talking about those guys in 2021, look no further than Alabama, folks. I, I, I am, I'm just going to say this. I don't give a damn how much Devonta Smith weighs. I do not care. He is one of the top wide receivers in college football. He may not be flashy. He may not be this big, imposing DK Metcalf type figure. But when you're talking about a technician, you're talking about a wide receiver with sure hands who just catches everything that is thrown to him. That is a precise route runner that can create separation because he's so talented in that area. 11 receptions, 203 yards, and four TDs for Smith. He took over that game versus Mississippi State. They could not do anything with him. And Mac Jones, the signal caller, I've said it. I know it is unpopular opinion. I understand how good Zach Wilson is playing. I understand how good Kyle Trask is playing. That's why both of those guys are top five wide receivers for me in the 2021 class. And if you want to check out those rankings, patreon.com forward slash forward slash all gas. I have both of those guys as top five quarterbacks in the class, but Mac Jones is my quarterback three. He is, he does not possess this dual threat capability. He's not a Konami code, but he's probably arguably the best deep ball thrower in college football. He's deadly accurate. He was good last year in relief of Tua. And this season, he's just taken his game to another level. Now he did almost throw an interception this game, but Who doesn't almost throw an interception? We're not going to count almost interceptions against the player. You're talking about efficiency, 
in the intermediate game and in the deep passing game. Mac Jones is outstanding and Najee Harris. What do we say about him again? I mean, just he's a professional running back. He has no business playing college football right now. He is RB1 in the 2021 class. Najee, Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, all of those players have the potential to be first round picks in this upcoming NFL draft. Now, going to Oklahoma, because I really want to talk about Tylen Wallace, and it's so good to see Tylen Wallace back and playing well. 11 receptions, 187 yards, two TDs. So impressive. Him and Spencer Sanders throwing for 400 yards and four TDs. Spencer Sanders looks good. It's good to see him back and healthy playing. Chuba Hubbard didn't have the best game. He did score a touchdown, which kind of saved his fantasy day, but he's definitely taken a little bit of a step back for me this season. It's a clear one-two with ETN and Najee Harris, and then Chuba Hubbard may be behind Kenneth Gainwell for me when it's all said and done, but Tylen Wallace, you know, I, I made a, I, I tweeted that Wallace to me is not this elite wide receiver prospect, but I think he's going to be what Tyler Boyd is for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not comping them stylistically, but I'm just talking about the impact that I believe he can have. He's he's going to be a solid, reliable wide receiver at the next level. He may not be spectacular. He may not be some all pro level wide receiver, which there are very few of those that actually, you know, reach that status, that, that stature. But I think he's going to be a rock solid pro. Really like to see how well he's been playing coming off of that ACL injury. So Tylen Wallace, stock up. Spencer Sanders, stock up. Chuba Hubbard, a little bit of a dip and stock down for me in my personal rankings. And uh, another player who just continues to just rise up the boards week in and week out. And it's good to see Florida back on the field. Believe they had like a two week hiatus because of a COVID outbreak, but Kyle Pitts, five for 81. He is tight end one in this class. And it's unfortunate that my tight end two, Pat Fryermuth, has not been able to get it going. I know it's only two games. I believe he's got seven receptions for 80 something yards on the season. He is the clear number two to Kyle Pitts is one A. Pitts is just, he, he doesn't even look like a tight end. He is going to be a mismatch and nightmare at the next level. I've talked about this repeatedly. He is that good. And Kyle Trask threw for 345, four TDs, was a little inaccurate at times, and that's to be expected coming off of a little bit of a break, 21 for 36. But Trask, firmly on that radar, is a day two pick for the NFL. And I would love to see him land in a situation where he can sit for a year behind a proven veteran and learn, learn the game. And I think Kyle Trask can be a very viable starter for us in fantasy down the line. Just like I believe Zach Wilson can do the same thing. And I know he is all the hot rage. Zach Wilson, quarterback one. Zach Wilson better than Justin Fields. Cut the BS. He is not better than Justin Fields. And he damn sure ain't pushing for quarterback one status. But Zach Wilson is playing out of his mind. And he too, unlike you know how he's normally been, just deadly accurate, was a little up and down versus Western Kentucky. 18 for 32, 224, and three TDs. They did pull that game off. It was never in jeopardy. I think Zach Wilson is a super talented player, but he definitely has some things to his game that he needs to learn. We broke down with the patrons this past week. We broke down his game versus Houston. That was supposed to be his toughest competition. And while he made some outstanding throws, I think there's some things with his footwork, some mechanical things that he has to get better at, which he can learn. But the arm talent is there. The fearlessness is there. The mobility is there. I am a Zach Wilson fan. I do believe he's a first round talent. I do not believe he's a day one locked and loaded starting quarterback at the next level. You definitely want him to learn and develop. 
but he is a talented young signal caller, and it was good to see that game. They had the late game, so I actually got to watch that in, in its entirety. So Zach Wilson, definitely a rising player. Now, kind of a forgotten man. You know, I talked a lot about this player coming into the season. I had him ranked shit at one point. I think I had him at wide receiver five or six, or I know he was top 10. He's dropped down a little bit, but Dayami Brown out of UNC. Holy moly. 11 receptions, 240 yards, three TDs. Sam Howell was slinging the ball. When you talk about a perfect game, I mean, he had five incomplete passes, threw for 443 and four touchdowns in a nail biter versus Virginia. How do you throw for 443 and lose? Come on, Mac. Brown, get that defense together, but how looking like QB1 in the 2022 class. And when you're talking about quarterbacks, folks, the, the college game and, and a byproduct of that, the NFL game, should be in very good hands for over the next couple of years because the quarterbacks that are coming out, listen, Daniel Jones of the world, the Drew Locks of the world, the Gardner Minshews of the world. I mean, it, it they, they have no room for error because 2022, while the class at the skill positions may be a little bit weaker than what we've seen in the past, the quarterbacks, oh my gosh. And think if, if a Mac Jones returns for a senior season, if Zach Wilson comes back for another year, you're going to have those two plus a Keaton Slovis, plus Sam Howell, plus Jaden Daniels, plus Spencer Rattler. I mean, the class is looking loaded at the quarterback position. So if you've got some of those aging veterans, if you've got some of those fringy starters, it may be time to think about moving the Jimmy Garoppolo's out of there because these young guns are coming in and they are coming to take over some spots. So Daomi Brown, Sam Howell played absolutely lights out this past Saturday as well as a kid out of Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall, young quarterback, four more touchdowns, 254 yards. Just keep the name on your radar in Debbie. Grayson McCall is somebody who was not being drafted early, was not being drafted high in Debbie startups, but he looks like he's got NFL potential written all over him. So it's going to be fun to continue to watch his growth and development, as well as Spencer Rattler. I talked about him with those 2022 quarterbacks. Rattler, man, he made a throw. I tweeted it out. It was just a professional throw that just shows the type of arm talent that he has. And what you'd like to see in this game, even though it was not much of a game, 62 to 28, was he didn't turn the ball over throwing interceptions. He was very accurate, only nine incomplete passes, didn't force too many things, took what was there. It's growth, it's maturation, it's development. And that's what I've told people. I know the hype and allure of Spencer Rattler. We wanted him to come in and just absolutely destroy college football from day one till the time that he declares for the draft. But he's only a true, he's a redshirt freshman. He's got learning. He's got growth that he has to, he has to do. And he's going to make mistakes but I, I don't believe there's a more talented, you know, just thrower of the football in college football than than Spencer Rattler. He's just going to it's going to take him some time to to get the college game under his belt. But once he does, it, it's going to be special, folks. Spencer Rattler is a special, special, special player. And once they they, you know, get him more acclimated, get some of those young receivers back. Jaden Hazelwood is out. It's going to be wheels up. 
for Spencer Rattler. Really excited to watch him grow and develop in Oklahoma. It was also fun to see Brock Purdy, good Brock Purdy this weekend from Iowa State, 239 and two TDs. Brees Hall is a stud, folks. Brees Hall is an absolute monster. He's my Debbie RB3, the clear-cut RB1 in the 2022 class. Uh, he's at 6'1", 215, Brees Hall is just a dude. I mean, he's he's a far better running back than his uh, Iowa State, you know, former teammate and David Montgomery. He can do it all. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's prolific in the rushing game. He's already, through six games, exceeded his entire rushing total from 2019. So he is just on a trajectory to be the top running back taken in the 2022 class, and he's just a fun player to watch. Now, a player who I was really, really excited to see this week because he had such a good performance in his first career start was Joe Milton. And Joe Milton did not play bad. Joe Milton threw for 300 yards. He ran for 59 yards. Michigan lost the game versus Michigan State. But that offense, I just, I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's Jim Harbaugh, but it just, he didn't look comfortable the entire game. His receivers didn't help him out. I believe they were credited with five drops in that game. Two of them probably would have been for touchdowns. You see the arm talent. You see the arm strength. You see the mobility that Joe Milton has, but you also see a young player who has not played much at all in college. I mean, this was his second career start and he's a junior. So while while the, the talent is there, while I believe that Joe Milton has all the physical tools and traits to be a top NFL draft pick. It definitely shows that he needs to come back. He needs to grow. He needs to learn. He needs more reps. He needs to develop touch and accuracy. And I was tweeting back and forth with Matt Miller from Bleacher Report a little bit, and he said the same thing. The touch and the accuracy will come along with the reps. He just needs more reps. He's a player that does not need to declare after this year, although he's eligible. He needs to stay. He needs to learn. He needs to grow. And I think next year, if he continues on this path, we can not only be talking about him as a potential Heisman candidate, but a potential first round pick in the NFL draft. Now, just a couple of more guys I want to touch on before we get out of here. Zamir White, you know, we're looking for who is the next running back after the ETNs and the Harrises. And a lot of people, and even me included, we just pegged Chuba in there. But again, I'm really considering putting Kenneth Gainwell ahead of Chuba Hubbard in my 2021 running back rankings. And I also think we don't need to discount and we don't need to count out what Zamir White could be. Zamir White is playing really good football for Georgia in a day tough defensive matchup. He had 26 carries, 136 yards, and one TD. And his touchdown run, you see the burst, you see the explosion, you see the juice that he has. Now, my fear and trepidation with Zamir White are the multiple ACL injuries. Those That's concerning for me. It's very concerning. It's a reason why that no matter where he's drafted at, I'm not touching him with a pick in the top two rounds in rookie drafts. I just don't believe that I can do that. You know, what we've learned about and seen from these running backs with multiple ACL injuries, it just doesn't end well for those guys, right? Todd Gurley, it's it's crazy to me. Think about it, folks. Two years ago, Todd Gurley was a legitimate MVP candidate, MVP candidate to being cut, to being relegated to just some plotting running back. And although his statistical numbers aren't bad this year. He doesn't even look like half of the player that he was in 2018. And this just shows how quickly, 
you know, running backs can fall off of the cliff and especially running backs that have had previous and prior knee injuries. And Zamir White had two of them back to back. So while it's good to see him getting his confidence back, I'm still not just sold on investing any type of draft capital in Zamir White, but I'm going to give him his love. I'm going to shout him out on the show because he's done a hell of a job and he looks fantastic right now for Georgia. So it's fun to see him play, to see him do well. It's also fun to watch Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I don't know what Elijah Moore is going to be at the next level. I don't know how the NFL is going to is is going to value him um, because of his size, but he looks just like the prototypical prototypical slot receiver at the next level. And what he's done so far this season has been ridiculous. His past game versus Vanderbilt, and I know they stink. 14 receptions, 238 yards, and three TDs. Matt Corral threw six touchdown passes, 412 yards to only three incomplete passes. I mean, Ole Miss was rolling Elijah Moore on the season, on the season in a handful of games. He's played in one, two, three, four, five games. Five games. He's only been held under 10 receptions one time. He's up to 829 yards, averaging 13.6 yards of reception and six TDs on the season. This junior is flying up my personal rankings. He is dynamic. He's good with the ball after the catch. Elijah Moore, again, I don't know where the NFL is going to value him. I don't know what, you know, what they're going to go, you know, a five foot, 980 pound slot receiver, what that's going to fetch as far as NFL draft capital. But when you're just talking about a player, he's good. He is good. And so is Tank Bigsby. I talked about Tank Bigsby last week. He's ridiculous. True freshman running back, the fourth rated player in my dev, fourth rated running back in my Debbie rankings. Tank Bigsby is an absolute dog. And the other true freshman on the other side of that game versus Auburn, Eric Gilbert, six for 55. Every time I see him out there, he doesn't even look like a damn tight end. It's ridiculous how good and, 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 and smooth and big Eric Gilbert is. He is, when you talk about Kyle Pitts, as excited as I am about Kyle Pitts, Eric Gilbert is a more intriguing prospect than than Kyle Pitts. I, I think Eric Gilbert can go to the NFL after the season, and he'd be a first-round pick. 22 receptions, 259, and two touchdowns on the season. Go trade for Eric Gilbert as well as Max Johnson. I think Max, I think LSU, and I, I know some people who played at LSU very close, very intimately, and it, it, while Max Brennan, Miles Brennan has been okay, he's been solid, right? I don't think LSU is sold on him as their long-term starter. And TJ Finley just, he's big and sloppy looking. Two interceptions, didn't look that great versus Auburn. Put him in a hole early. Max Johnson came in. It's crazy. Max Johnson, the son of former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Brad Johnson, came in and looked more competent of a thrower than TJ Finley. So we'll see if Miles Brennan is out for another week. Does Max Johnson get the call over TJ Finley? I think he earned that right. So just another one of those names to continue to pay attention to for our Debbie Leagues, pay attention to for those sleeper prospects. But I think Max Johnson's talented. Love what I saw from Elijah Moore. Eric Gilbert, a beast. Anthony Schwartz is fast. Seth Williams is a dog. College football 
is is alive and well, and we should be very excited for our Debbie drafts, our upcoming 2021 rookie drafts, 2022 drafts, 2023 drafts. We got it all there, baby, and Destination Debbie will have you covered every step of the way. One more time, if you want more access to all of those rankings, Ray, where do you have Max Johnson? Where's Tank Bigsby? Where's Eric Gilbert? Man, come on over to the Patreon, man. Sign up. I don't have a damn website. It's funny. I was reading some some feedback from some of the patrons or former patrons who left because they said that I should just have a website. Like that's like just easy to do. I can just go create a website. I don't want to do a website. I don't want a website. I just love talking to y'all, engaging with the people. The Discord channel is consistently popping. If you want to try it out, man, seven bucks a month. If you do it annually, you save 10% off. Come be a part of the squad. Get better in Debian Dynasty and uh, have a good time while you're at it. So I appreciate you checking out the show. Appreciate you rocking with me. If you enjoyed it, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Go over to YouTube, subscribe to the Destination Debbie YouTube channel as well. Got a lot of good content coming out there that's a little bit different than what I produce on the podcast. A little more raw version of Ray at times. But I appreciate you joining in. Start your Monday off on a great note. Be great, hustle, motivate, all of that good stuff. But y'all know I'm rambling, man. Drop the music. 